0: You're listening to the Australian Water Association podcast series. My name is Joe Taranto and joining me is Brendan Moore. He's a senior project manager at Yarra Valley Water. And we're discussing today using an evidence-based approach to increase representation and inclusion. Welcome, Brendan. Thanks, Joe. Now, from all reports, Yarra Valley Water is a pretty good place to work. I understand in 2017... They got an award for Best Employer. Um, they've been doing a bit of work on diversity and inclusion. So tell me about what the journey's been like in terms of identifying some groups within the organisation that maybe needed some greater representation.
1: Yeah, look, the culture at Yarra Valley Water is something that anyone that works here is very, very proud of and and for good reason. It's the probably the... Um, best company I've ever worked for in terms of how much they genuinely care about the culture of the workplace that they are creating and making sure that the welfare of everybody who comes to work um, is, is front and centre of their minds. So It's a great foundation to start with um, but great isn't perfect and so you can always obviously have improvements. Uh, and so, you know, the opportunity to really delve further into this diversity and inclusion space, um, you know, Yarra had the great environment to set it up and it really allowed us to, to flourish with it.
0: What did that involve?
1: So uh, there was a, a lot of um, uh, great things that already existed at, at Yarra, um, but they decided that, you know, relying on our people and culture or a HR team to kind of drive everything is probably a bit of... Um, pressure to put on their shoulders and, and, you know, having a diverse range of voices to help sell that message is uh, really key. So what the business did was develop a, a series of uh, staff-led diversity working groups, uh, one of which was the LGBTIQ group that we had. And what that allowed to do was for various people from around the business um, to really drive that message and, and to contribute to helping to build that diversity and inclusion environment. Um, And because it was, you know, quite diverse from around around the business, it meant the level of buy-in was actually quite high as well.
0: So this was starting in around 2017, and it was a pretty tumultuous time in Australia. What what was happening for you guys? Yeah, look... (laughs) organisation.
1: It's... uh, specifically for the LGBTIQ plus community 2017, it was, it was a bit tough. Um, it was a very public debate going on in the background uh, in terms of the marriage equality debate. Being a government organisation, uh, you obviously have to say very apolitical in these matters, which, you know, I, I fully, fully appreciate. But what we were able to focus on was really offering support and uh, education to staff to discuss why LGBTIQ plus inclusion and representation, especially during such a high public debate, was important.
0: So you have this working group. Um, you got a lot of things going on outside the organisation. What, what did the group tell you about what Yarra Valley could do to make the environment more inclusive and increase the representation? It,
1: the main focus was actually just starting that dialogue. It's um, it, the culture at Yarra is great, but you know the, the the topic of LGBTIQ plus stuff. I think it wasn't front and centre in people's minds. Um, and from the census uh, data that we that we got from our from our staff census, it's a, it's a, diver, a diversity inclusion focus, and it's anonymous, so people can um, really be honest about you know the, the certain demographics. What we found was that the LGBTIQ community, specifically at Yarra, was, was quite small, so we were able to kind of give a voice to that small community at Yarra and maybe start addressing some of the issues that presently hadn't been thought about.
0: So one of the things that you looked at doing was creating an opportunity for, I guess, some openly out role models within the organisation. Yeah. Is that right? Tell me about that.
1: Look. <laughs> There was a a conference I went to a couple of years ago that uh, one of the lines that I took away from it was, you can't be what you can't see, and that really resonated with me. So before I'd worked at Yarra Valley Water, I actually hadn't been, I guess, out uh, in a professional sense at any other organisation that I'd worked at. And working in the construction and engineering space, you know, homophobia is still unfortunately quite rampant in some situations. And so by having the group exist the way that it did and really sharing our stories and really putting ourselves out there to help educate and and bring awareness to the importance of this cause, um, it allowed for that level of representation that hadn't really existed before.
0: Um, Brendan, do you think Certain people within organisations would feel that, that gender, sexuality um, and, and what you identify with really isn't something that belongs in the workplace and therefore it's not something that should be visible or talked about um, because, you know, we turn up and we just do our job and we don't talk about it. Is that an attitude you've come up against?
1: Yeah, look, it's, it's, a, it's a very common um, line or questioning that, that we do get about the group. Um, very much, uh, you know what happens in the bedroom stays in the bedroom, um, and you know the, the the conversations that I often have with people is like, right, you know what, what someone does in the bedroom that's their sex life, and I agree with you, that's that's not appropriate to talk about at work. But when we talk about things like sexual uh, sexuality and gender identity, I kind of open up the conversation with them and say, look, have you ever talked about your spouse at work, your wife or your husband? Have you ever? mentioned your kids and, and, and what they're doing at school or have you ever talked about going on a date with your boyfriend or your girlfriend or what you did on the weekends and things like getting engaged, um, getting married, announcing you're pregnant, all of these are either significant people in your life or significant milestones and and it's understandable that you'll come to work and want to share them with your colleagues and your friends. and. And when people go, well, yeah, what's that got to do with the question? And it's just like, well, actually, all of those things are a declaration of your sexuality. And so when you phrase it that way, people are like, ah, oh, oh, I see. So the topic of this conversation or, or what we're trying to get with LGBTIQ plus representation is when I come to work and, and someone says, what did you do on the weekend?" I want to be comfortable enough to say, you know, my boyfriend and I went out to dinner or, you know, if we ever get engaged and, and now we can legally get married, if, if any of that were to occur, I'd be excited to come to work and share that with my colleagues. So that's the, the way that I guess we frame that question. And I think it, it really does shift people's perception about what we're trying to get across.
0: And what do you think the um, risk is to a business where there isn't an environment where you can feel comfortable to come to work and talk about what you did on the weekend, yeah. what risk does that pose to the business, either in an economic sense or, you know, a, a cultural sense? Yeah,
1: yeah. Look, um, th- the great thing I was able to find uh, when I was putting this paper together, um, and I'd encourage everybody to read it, uh, is that there are actually a lot of studies that support this. For me, it was always a bit of a gut feel that, you know, why wouldn't a company do this? Like, surely they want people to feel comfortable at work, but. When we really drill down to it, there are a lot of studies that actually say, look, if you don't have that opening a welcoming and inclusive culture, then people close off and they put walls up when they're at work. And what that does, it affects their ability to, you know, interact with their team or other stakeholders within the organisation or outside the organisation. And you know, they become a little bit more defensive, they don't want to get uh, too close to people and it can really affect some of those really key relationships that you have to build in a work organisation to be able to get the most out of your employees. Um, and some of the studies that's, that support this include you know, links to increases of productivity when people feel uh, comfortable to be out at work. Uh, increases to how much effort they put into customer service uh, roles. And the level of innovation skyrockets as well. So from a business perspective, why wouldn't you want to get the most out of your employees in the fields in, or, in, or in skill sets like that? You know, they're, they're, they're key skill sets and and they do have a direct um, economic benefit on the company.
0: So, Brendan, you've mentioned that when uh, Yarra Valley Water did some census Um, research that the groups of um, staff who identified as LGBTIQ plus were reasonably small. Um, So I guess I'm interested in knowing how many people were prepared to really come forward and be part of a working group or part of an openly out community within a workplace when they know they're in a minority and and potentially, you know, are part of a very small minority.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So look, the key working group that, I guess, put their hand up for that that initial kind of uptake, um, there was only two or three people who actually identified as LGBTIQ+, but the group as a whole was about six or seven. And what was really heartening though was uh, the rest of the group was actually made up of people who, while not LGBTIQ+, themselves, were quite passionate about the inclusion of these, uh, these communities. So, you know, really getting that strong supporter base of allies to to help sell the message of inclusion, and I guess that's that's one of the important things that the group really targeted on is that um, y- you don't need to sell the message of LGBTIQ plus inclusion to people who identify in the community. You know, they get it. It's really trying to change the hearts and minds of you know potential allies to to really give strength in numbers, and so one of the uh, really good things about having a mix of both LGBTIQ plus people and um, heterosexual or straight people, allies in the group, is that their presence kind of amplified our voices and so the message we were selling was, was still coming from an LGBTIQ plus perspective, but having those initial people stand by us and support us um, it really strengthened the message that we were able to get across.
0: Brendan, do you think the community that was identified by Yarra Valley Water as being LGBTIQ+, was as small as it initially looked?
1: Yeah, look, if, if we look at common statistics for how many people actually identify as LGBTIQ+, in the broader Australian society, uh, the percentage sits at around 11%. And from the initial census that we did at Yarra Valley Water, we found that we were only sitting at 3.6%. So I would suggest that uh, there is a lot of people out at Yarra Valley Water when they did their survey, who as as great as our culture was, just didn't feel comfortable or, or safe from uh, potential what they would fear as discrimination or, or career limiting, um, you know, opening up. Mm-hmm. That it it just really it wasn't representative of what we should have expected. Yeah.
0: So where to next for you as an organisation and and for the working group?
1: Yeah. Look. We're really heartened by the success we've had as the group Um, from the second census that we did after we'd had the group and after the plebiscite, um, all the activities we were able to achieve with the support of our executive team in Yarra Valley Water meant that the number of people identified in the organisation nearly doubled, which is is amazing. Um, And whether or not that comes down to new hires who were attracted to the company and felt comfortable enough to be out from the start or whether or not it was people who were already in the organisation and finally felt that they had the representation and the safety uh, to be able to, you know, be a little bit more open at work. Both of them are great wins. And so moving forward, what we're wanting to do is set up a pride network at Yarra Valley Water. And the main differences between a diversity working group and a pride network is that while a diversity working group focuses on culture and, you know, that broader um, strategy of how you do DNI. Uh, A pride network is going to be more about supporting the actual LGBTIQ plus communities and connecting them with allies and other people in the industry. And our stretch goals include wanting to actually reach out to other Victorian water authorities, which we've had some success doing so far, and creating a Victorian-wide water pride network. And then eventually, because we're ambitious, an Australian-wide one as well
0: well you've you've got a good starting point with the Australian Water Association. I've been joined by Brendan Moore, Senior Project Manager at Yarra Valley Water. Thanks for your time.
1: Thanks so much, Joe.